Welcome to The Passion Pod, a podcast by the collective Power by Disciple. In this show, we interview disciple customers and community enthusiasts from all industries as we discuss building and scaling communities. Tune in to learn all about the impact of the passion economy, why you should create your own private community, and much more. I'm Valentina, your host for this episode. And today, I'm talking to Nicolette, head of community and brand at Disciple. Let's get to it. Hi, Nicolette. Welcome to The Passion Pod. How are you today? Hi, Valentina. Thanks for having me. Super excited. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. So this is the first time we're actually bringing on a Disciple team member to our podcast. So I'm really excited to be interviewing you today. I know, me too. I feel like I have a lot to live up to, seeing that we've mostly interviewed customers, but let's hope I've got it in me. Well, we just thought it would be great for our listeners to find a little bit more about the Disciple team and what we do. And it just seemed right to bring you on as our first team member. Well, I feel super honoured and I can't wait to share all the inside bits of Disciple. Great. So let's dive right in. What are you responsible for as the head of brand and community at Disciple? I actually love that you're asking me this question because I feel like since joining Disciple, it's really evolved and changed so much. It almost reflects like the journey of the collective, which I think is really beautiful. But to kind of like summarize a few points, I suppose I look after the vision and the strategy of our community, the collective, which has just been so fulfilling. I oversee all our content just to ensure that we're speaking as one voice, one tone, one language, um, which I think is really important as a brand. Right now, I'm also trying to prove the ROI and the value that the collective has from a numerical standpoint. But yeah, mostly I'm just here to ensure our customers' communities are successful. So whether that's through strategic one-to-ones or delivering your resources, yeah, that's really what I'm here for. For those listening that aren't aware of what the collective is, the collective is Disciples' own community using our own platform for community enthusiasts and our customers. And me and Nicolette are in there 24 hours a day, posting, replying, all sorts of things. We really need like a room in there to sleep, I think, because if you're building a community, you know, it never stops. It never ends. Honestly, I think I was actually in the collective on New Year's Eve last year. (laughs) (laughs) This has become my life and I'm not even angry about it. (laughs) Oh, how funny is that? So have you always been into the community industry? Was this the career you always dreamed of or is this completely opposite to what you imagined as a child? Yeah, interesting one. So it's definitely not the career I dreamed of. I mean, as a small child, I think it was like, oh, I'm going to work with horses and ponies and that type of thing. (laughs) That obviously didn't happen. (laughs) Growing up, I think I really struggled to actually understand where my passions lie, which I think is really interesting that seeing like who our customer base is and that we really encourage people to build a community that aligns with their passions. But yeah, for me, I kind of stumbled into community. It was one of my first sort of serious working roles. I had a recruiter contact me. They were like, Hey, you know, we're looking for a community manager and working with tech startups and a co-working space. And I was like, I have no idea what on earth you're talking about. I was like, tech startup community. I was like, okay, I I don't know. And I remember even going to the interview and them asking me, have you ever worked with SaaS platforms before? And my response was, I created an infographic when I was in uni. And bless that. They were like, you know what? She's really perky. We're going to give her the like opportunity. Um, and that's kind of where it kicked off. Yeah. So first started with sort of physical community management. And then that's transitioned to online community management. And I love what I do now. Like I feel like I found the passion. I love helping other individuals build their communities as well. Like it's a really beautiful space to be in. I totally agree. And um, I also stumbled into the community industry. And when I speak to a lot of others, 
this, they also did that as well. It's something that you don't, you don't plan for. And yeah, I agree. Like I love what I do. I love connecting with people and just helping people build great spaces for other people. It's like that domino effect that never ends. And I was going to say, I think it's really interesting as well that I think when I was sort of in the time of education and studying and that sort of thing, there was obviously no such thing as community management or doing courses or qualifications in that. But I think what an amazing thing is, is that the world has really seen the need for a community manager. And I've just seen so many courses and things that you can kind of take part in to really upskill as a community manager. So yeah, I love that the world is recognizing the need for it and that we're helping people get educated around how to be a good community manager as well. So it's an exciting place to be in. Yeah. And I'm just so excited. In the last year, it's just kind of ballooned more than we ever imagined so what's going to happen in another year two years five years like it's really exciting time absolutely okay so in your opinion what is the most important personality trait or strength someone would need to build and manage a community if you can think of one I mean I know that's difficult yeah, it is a really tough question and I often hear people say things like having a big personality or being outgoing but I don't believe that in all honesty like I believe it comes down to probably a couple of other traits so I know you asked the most important but I think there's three in my mind I'm gonna say the first one is resilient you got to be tough you may not always love the outcomes or the things that you're seeing or dealing with and but people challenging to work with so being resilient is really key I think having great organizational skills is one as well um yes being community manager it's managing relationships and people and content and the platform and a million other things and you just need to be on your game so yeah being organized using tools like Trello for example and then lastly I think is authenticity people really connect when you're just being real and genuine and those are places that I find myself hanging out in in terms of other online communities where I know people are just being truly themselves I really resonate with that. So I think it's a case as well where I know that I'm naturally introverted, especially in noisy kind of bigger spaces. But I believe that sort of running a community allows me to feel a little more in control, which encourages my extroverted side to come out. So while I do believe, you know, things like having a big personality, et cetera, is the right way to go down. I think individuals who may be like me can really work well as a community manager, having a little bit of control in the space and allowing your best traits to kind of come out. Yeah. I've spoken to a lot of community managers and they say, oh, you have to be extroverted to be a community manager. And I'm a big extrovert. And maybe that's what I felt when I started in the industry, but community management is for everyone. As long as you are passionate about bringing people together, you can be both ends of the scale as they would say. So yeah, if you are listening and thinking about jumping into the industry, we would really encourage it. And there's so many of us around the world doing this. I remember when I started, I felt like I was the only one doing it. Right. And it's just not the case. There are hundreds, thousands, maybe even millions of people all building communities. So we are out there and we're willing to support you. So feel free to reach out. Okay. Moving on. This is something that I ask a lot of people, and I'm sure there's lots of answers to this, but what is a common myth about the role of a community manager? Oh, that's a good one. I feel like we've debunked the whole needing to be an extrovert thing. So I often hear people say things like, if you're building a community and it's genuine, then your members will just come and be highly engaged. Now, (laughs) while I'd love to believe that that is true, and it probably does happen for certain individuals, it is quite rare. And so I don't want individuals to think that like, you know what, I'm doing a good thing and I'm building a great community. So 
it should just be like perfectly working. Like don't be so hard on yourself. Community building takes hard work and planning and, you know, things like consistently fresh content and just so much more. It won't be easy, but it's, you know, it's playing the long game and it'll absolutely be worth it. So don't think that just because what you're doing is something great that it'll suddenly just magically work. Know that putting in a little bit of graft really does make it so worth it. I completely agree with that. I always say to people that building a community is a marathon, not sprint, because it it really does take that work, that consistency. And some communities do just suddenly become engaged after a very short space of time. But as you said, it's really rare and it takes a lot of nurturing, a lot of massaging. It takes that with lots of different people. They feel more comfortable in different uh, situations. And that's what we're doing in the collective is we're consistently nurturing people to get involved. Absolutely. You know, and I think it also just takes being agile and comfortable with change. I think, you know, if you go in there and you're like, I know what I want, I'm doing just this one thing and this is what's going to make me successful. I think it's going to be really hard to get out of that mindset. So I think if you change your approach and think, you know, if I work quick, work agile, work lean and light, then you're naturally going to grow and change as you progress. And you'll notice that people really resonate with that as well. So as you said earlier, keep that passion strong and push on through. All right. Let's talk about the rewarding parts of building the community. What is the most rewarding part in your eyes? Yeah. So this is a really easy one. For me, it's the real relationships that we're building. I love knowing that the journey that everyone is on. I love knowing their wins and their challenges and just being part of that process with them. It's very soul satisfying. And I really would never trade that out. No, me too. It's amazing how quickly you can build relationships with people just by asking questions and befriending them and just getting to know them and sharing a bit about you too. That's one thing that I found really important when building communities is that it's not just about getting to know them. It's about them getting to know you as well. So they trust you, feel comfortable to get involved and who knows where that could go. Just like you would get to know a friend that you meet in a bar, for example. It's just like that, whether it's online or offline. I totally agree. And I think relationships only get built when there's like an equal amount of sort of like sharing and openness. And again, I think that's also what leads into being a successful community. It's like you're not expecting something of your members that you wouldn't give to them. And so I think if you're, you know, asking for complete honesty and truth and realness and people being open and engaged, then you should be expected or you should want to do the rest because that's a space that you've created. So getting involved and just being as genuine as you can kind of be. Now we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, creators thinking about incorporating community into their brands. What would you say are the advantages of doing this? Oh oh my gosh, yes. I absolutely love that we're seeing this. You know, obviously community has been on the rise for the last few years, but especially since COVID early 2020, it's completely accelerated. But yeah, and I think there are a few advantages um, that I've been seeing or that I believe, you know, exist. Things like brand authenticity, which, you know, leads to stronger loyalty and retention from your consumers. Community-based marketing, which helps to lower digital and traditional marketing costs. You know, I'm referring to aspects such as referrals, testimonials, super member programs, you know, all those good things. Other advantages, I think, are things like deeper consumer understanding. So, you know, having those close relationships with your consumers really provides a new layer to your business objectives. And then I think another thing could be, you know, quick access to beta testing, for example, if that's your thing, if you want running a product. Um, and I know that we use that in, in the collective as well. And, and our members just can't wait to mm-hmm. have an opportunity to test run something that hasn't yet been seen by others. You know, and those are only some of the benefits. There are obviously so many more. But yeah, I think that incorporating community into your business 
really drives the business for a long run. You know, I I kind of preach the whole concept of if you have a strong foundation of a great community and you're thinking community first, your product or whatever it might be that you're selling afterwards will be so much easier because people resonate with you as a brand. So yeah, that's sort of my take on things. Yeah. And it really does help your community-based marketing, which we covered deeply at our Harvest Q3. And yeah, there's just so many benefits to it. And who doesn't want to be around a group of people that love what you do and they're supporting you? And why not just bring them together, you know, and just foster those connections even more? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Okay, let's head back to the collective. We talked about it earlier and that's where we live. I know you mentioned what your most ruling part of building the community is, but what's your favorite part within the collective? Okay, this is another really hard one. Um, It's so hard to choose your favorite or something that you genuinely do love, but but I'm going to say two favorites, okay, if that's allowed. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'd say firstly, I just love how excited our members get when we're able to welcome community experts into the community that they've always kind of admired and looked to as a great fountain of knowledge. So individuals like Carrie Melissa Jones, Todd Nelson, Noel Flowers, and just so many others. I think when you bring them into the space, my members are like, oh my gosh, like I've been following this individual. I've got their book or whatever it might be. It's one of those like fangirl moments, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love being able to do that for our members and allow them to, as I say, like drink from that fountain of knowledge, which I think is very cool. And then I'd say secondly, it's just when our members come to us super humbled, you know, they pose a problem um, to us and as a community, whether it's us or the other members are able to kind of jump in and help to solve their challenges. Um, and I think that that's exactly what community is all about. So it's, you know, breaking down the barriers um, and jumping in there and sharing your own knowledge. And yeah, I just love being a part of that. It's great when our members come in and ask us questions and it's great for us to comment and reply, but then so many other people come in and share things that have worked or haven't worked with them. And as you said, that is the whole, that encompasses the community, you know, people helping each other, supporting each other. And it's just really great to see when someone posts a question and hundreds of people then come and say, oh, I've done this, I've done this. And it's just one of those moments when you're like, ah, we've created this and it's, it's really helping people. So. I love it. Like, you know, even if a customer or a member is being asking like a really simple question or even it's been asked before, or, hey, I'm thinking of using the disciple platform. And suddenly it's like the troops gather and it's like <laughs> 10 different comments. And I'm like, this is what it feels like to have like 10 children and they're all succeeding in school or something. Like it's a beautiful thing to see. Coming to the end of our episode, but my question here is, what are you most excited about for the future of Disciple? Oh, yes. So many things, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I just love that we've recently defined our category being the creator economy. Um, and I'm just so excited to continue to develop a community that can serve their needs. I feel like through deeper understanding of what makes the Disciple community and a host successful, I really believe that we're able to unlock new heights as a SaaS business. So yeah, I feel really fortunate to be part of that process. Um, I just can't wait, really. I think it's gonna we're gonna see some really exciting stuff and really exciting communities. I'm really excited too. I've only been with Disciple for just over a year and it's grown so much in a, such a short space of time. So just like the community industry, I'm so excited for the next year, two years, five years. The world is our oyster, right? So yeah, super excited about that. Now, before we wrap up the episode today, I have five quick fire questions for you. Oh. They're just fun questions. Whatever comes to your head first. Uh, just wanted to end on a fun note. So are you ready? Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> okay. Question number one, what is your favorite Friday night takeaway? Oh, Chinese. I love it. <laughs> what is your dream vacation destination? 
Anywhere in Southeast Asia. Yeah, my heart definitely belongs there. <laughs> yes. What Netflix show are you really into right now? Oh, what is it? Um, The Fall. Oh my gosh, it's so engrossing. I love it. Definitely everyone I recommend who can handle suspense. <laughs> <laughs> Which fashion trend would you wish would come back? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, I'm so bad with like fashion stuff. Oh, this is a hard one. I think, yeah, perms. I think everyone, oh. like everyone, I have curly hair. I just feel like, objectively speaking, um, it suits everyone. So bring back the perm. Wow. Okay. And last question. What is your most used phone app? Oh, that's another great one. Um, what do I use the most? Like, I don't want to have to say Instagram because that's terribly embarrassing. <laughs> I use Headspace a lot. I absolutely oh. love that app. So I'm going to go for Headspace. That's a really good app. Well, that is my five questions. You did well answering those on the spot. I'm very <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Nicolette, for joining us on the Passion Pod today and sharing everything about what you do at Disciple and how you got into the industry and your tips and tricks for community managers that are aspiring or just getting started. And yeah, can't wait to see you as always inside the collective. Thank you so much, Valentina. I've loved chatting to you. I love the questions you asked. And of course, the rapid fire ones. Please don't hold me to the whole perm situation. I panic. <laughs> I, I don't know what came over me. <laughs> but yeah, of course, I will see you in the collective. And as I said, thanks very much. Great. See you there. Bye. That's it for this episode. To find out more how Disciple can help you build your own dedicated community, visit disciplemedia.com. Want to join the collective community? Head to the app or the Google Play Store and download the app and join us today. I'm Valentina, your host. See you next time.